Welcome to the Strategic HR Show, the podcast series from FutureSolve, where we talk to senior business and HR leaders to share their advice on how to make better people decisions in the workplace and get the best out of their people. For show notes and free bonus resources, simply visit www.futuresolve.com forward slash podcast. And remember, if you'd like some help solving your strategic HR challenges, get in touch with us at FutureSolve. Whether it's developing your leaders and teams, hiring better people, creating a high performance culture, or something else, we'll help you boost the performance of your people and your business. Okay, let's get started. Well, welcome everybody to the Future Solve podcast. We have today an awesome CHRO named Siri Everly. Siri was the CHRO of Coca-Cola and now is chair of the board at Gartner. She has a lot of experience in thought leadership when it comes to HR trends, CHRO trends, even mentors, many other CHROs in the industry. Siri, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, Sari, can you give a little snapshot of your background and what you're doing these days in the HR world to our listeners? Sure. Thanks again for this opportunity. And I spent almost 30 years with the Coca-Cola company in a global role. And my last role was the head of the function of people or human resources. And I had a Wonderful time. I'm tired uh, four years later, but it was a wonderful career. I lived in Latin America, lived in Europe, and worked on almost every geography and every business that the company had around the world because Coke is in over 200 countries. So, a great global business experience, international exposure, you know, multilingual experience. And I raised a child growing up all around the world. So that was fun. He's grown now, which is great. And we're both multilingual and we love global travel. So kind of global citizens of the world. And I live now in California. And so it's a fun place to be aside from the storms that have come through. Since Coca-Cola, I've been doing board work, but in particular, the one that's relevant for this discussion is chairing the board of Gartner's Global CHRO Board. And it was founded in 2017, really based on two premises. One was we were a number of leaders of the function, and one of the founders of your company was one of the founding members. And the premise was, is that we wanted to pay it forward on behalf of the function. So we do this through thought leadership. We do this through mentorship. We do this for best practices in sharing with our global community what we do. So everything we do is open source. There is no cost to access the website, and I'll provide that for you at the end. And we wanted really to elevate the function from a commercial perspective for more relevance in the business world, if you will. The second premise was really around mentoring and paying it forward for the next generation of leaders. So we do a lot of mentoring of up-and-coming CHROs. In fact, we have a number of mentees on the board who are direct reports of the CHROs who are on the board. And we have about 30 at this time from global companies all around the world. And over the last couple of years, we've had four who've been elevated to CHROs. So we do active mentoring of those plus others that we know in the industry. So those were the founding, I guess, principles of the board. And we're delighted to partner with boards, with CEOs, with HR 
organizations to really look at how we can elevate the function through best practices, through research and insights. So that's a board that I've chaired now, gosh, going on my fifth year. Wow. Well, this is exciting work and I can hear the passion. I can hear the impact. So it's kind of hard to disguise, Andy. You've worked with me long enough. So as we work together, that passion comes through. Because you really want people who care about the function deeply, who are doing this because it's the right thing to do for the talent coming behind us and to elevate the function in the eyes of the business for relevance and for partnership. Yeah. And so, you know, we're talking, Suri, on a very timely discussion because, you know, it's January, beginning of 2023. And the big questions are, you know, what are some of the trends that are going to be happening in HR and that are important to business leaders, some of the things you're seeing from your end through the research, through the mentoring, the, you know, board. So I know that you are part of some projects. So if you could share some of those things of what you're hearing and what you're seeing on your end, that's going to be impacting HR, impacting business overall. We'd love to give our listeners a little input on that. Well, I'm going to start with what I read this morning, which was the PwC annual survey of about 4,000 CEOs came out, I believe this morning or last night. And the one fact that I took away that was really hitting home for me was out of these 4,000 CEOs, 40% of these individuals said if they continue to run their business in the same manner as they are today, 40% said they don't know if they're going to be here and to have viable businesses in the next decade. Wow. So if you just think about that from a standpoint of change, transformation, that speaks volumes to what the role of the CHRO is and the role of our function is in terms of the success of that business moving ahead. So using that kind of as a starting point, I just worked with Gartner to author a paper for about two to 3,000 board members around the world around what's the landscape of priorities of HR. So this is a survey that Gartner does annually, and they actually do that every six months they have since COVID. But the three top themes coming through from Gartner, and this is from their research that I just presented on, is they are the following. The first theme that people need to pay attention to, and so if you're an HR leader out there and you're listening These three themes are not going to be a surprise, but they do have implications that actually tie into what CEOs are worried about. The first one is scarcity of talent and more expensive talent. So if you think about it right now, there are a lot of unique skill sets that people are competing for, which is driving up the demand. It's also driving up the cost because everyone's competing for the same talent. But if you also look at the landscape, diverse talent is also a priority. And more contemporized and upskilled talent is what companies are looking for in the marketplace. So as you look at that in terms of the role of talent in the organization and some of the concerns, actually CEOs were citing some of the issues that they are concerned about in this next decade. And one of them was the scarcity of talent but also the scarcity of the right talent. And they, the way they described it was there's an intense battle. They didn't use challenge. They used the word battle. So if you think about it, that is on the minds of CEOs and it has to be on the mind and the agenda for the function to focus on how are we actually going to find these unique skill sets? And if we don't have them, how do we build them? And do we do that from our own internal 
resources and capabilities or do we borrow it? You know, how do we actually get that capability embedded in the organization? So if you think about technology or AI, which we were just chatting on, you can go into many, many diverse skill sets that are out there that are lacking, either developed or in the market. The second issue is around talent, but from the perspective of career development and mobility, there is just kind of a vacuum now of opportunities in many companies in terms of a defined career path or way for people to gain experiences in their portfolio. So right now in this survey that Gartner did, 75% of the people surveyed said they were actually looking for a new role because they perceived their company as not having a career path that was defined in experiences that would continue to engage them. So there is an issue in the marketplace around loss of talent due to either I can't move, not physical move, but I can't move within the organization, whether that be across the business or within a function. And there seems to be a lack of dedicated or formal career development that's leading people to say, wow, I'm thinking I might leave for a better opportunity. So why would you go to all this effort to recruit talent, to bring it into the organization, to train it, to develop it, to just lose it? So there has to be a focus on this as a priority moving ahead. And number three, the third priority, which is fascinating, is the changing role of leadership. And we've all seen this during the pandemic. There is a move to look at leaders through a lens of a more human-centric focus. This is the softer skills, authenticity, empathy, the ability to actually listen to people, adaptability, building resilience, managing continuous change. And so many of the learning and development challenges that exist in organizations today is that they have not updated and contemporized their leadership development, but also their leadership assessment. And many of my fellow CHROs have had some surprises in the short-term and long-term succession lists of key roles in the C-suite and even at the CEO level, some surprises as those leaders that perhaps they thought had those capabilities in the pandemic showed that either they didn't have those or they weren't at the level they perceived they were. And they've also had some pleasant surprises of other leaders that they didn't pay as much attention to who really rose to the occasion to demonstrate both the hard skills, but also more of the softer skills, the human-centric capabilities that we're talking about. And that's going to change the role of how we look at leadership for the future. So the three themes, again, scarcity of talent and more expensive talent in the marketplace. Number two, loss of talent due to lack of career development and mobility. And third, the changing role of leadership and really stepping back to see, have you actually as an organization and as the function, are we actually developing, well, assessing and developing our leaders based on the new requirements moving ahead for what we expect and what our employees expect of leaders moving ahead? Yeah, absolutely. I love those points. And I really even see them as connecting and affecting each other. I mean, if you think about talent, hard to find talent, but you're trying to bring talent that is upskilled and ready to go that you may have lost because of some career mobility or didn't even develop them or give them the opportunities. 
And some of them left because the leadership did not even provide a focus on how to really develop and look at the human-centric side and really create that overarching environment for them. So, you know, when we're looking at some of these, a big question would be, if I'm a business leader today, what's a great way for me to start? I mean, I know these are big trends. I probably have some of these in my business today. I can't find the talent. I want to retain my talent and I don't know if I can grow them to the extent. And then as a leader, how do I show up? Is there a way to maybe initially start taking some action or where do you think the impact could be and how to really think about the first step? Well, I'm going to sound like an advertisement for the function, but I would say to any CEO or business leader out there, if you have not partnered with your CHRO in the function, then that would be the first step that I would be taking. And I'm going to go to a point around, we've been working as a board. We published a model of the world-class CHRO back in 2017 based on best class research from Gartner. We had a team of CHROs from all over the world and some CEOs who worked together to put this model out into the marketplace. And it's something that we share openly and freely. We have diagnostic tools if you want to look at the model and put a development plan together if you're an aspiring CHRO or if you're a company looking for a new CHRO. It's a great guideline and North Star, if you will, to help identify what skills and capabilities are most critical for you as an organization. But we updated the model in the last six months, and there's some interesting changes that actually relate to the priorities above as well as what CEOs are concerned about. The three key changes really focused on the changes around the CHRO has to be also the chief talent architect because they're not different roles. They are actually part of the same role in that CHROs must take the front seat with the CEO, with the board, and with the C-suite in developing a talent strategy that's not just for today and today's skill set, but really looking at the future and identifying where's your business going? Where's your business strategy changing? And are you actually prepared for what's happening with the changes? And if you're looking at your current organization, are you upskilling and investing in those capabilities being built? Because if you assume you can go to the marketplace that you can find them, A, they may not be there, but B, if they are there, you're in this intense battle and you're going to be paying a lot more for that talent. Okay. So the model talks about the role of the CHRO as a necessity in a critical business component of being a talent architect, partnering with the CEO. The second is that the CHRO role has changed around managing stakeholders. It used to be around executive compensation. On occasion, it might be an activist investor. But now with ESG coming into, you know, full on in terms of prioritization at the board level, you're looking at diversity initiatives, you're looking at activist investors, you're looking at executive compensation, you name it, that the CHRO role must include the ability to manage multiple and more complex stakeholders. That is something that's not going away and it's going to continue for this role. And the third which was fascinating because some of our members on the board have talked about this. It's the CHRO's role in enterprise change. So if you look at what many of your CEOs are challenged with, 
having to transform their businesses. Enterprise change must happen at the CEO level, the board level, but looking at the future. And the role of the CHRO oftentimes is to help facilitate that, not necessarily to own it. And one of the challenges for the CHRO role is, what is my role? Am I actually in charge? Typically not. They're typically part of the process, but they are oftentimes a catalyst for bringing forth enterprise change. So I would tell anyone, any business leader, CEO, if you've not partnered with your CHRO on these topics and at this level, the model that we're talking about in terms of prioritization really falls hand in hand with where we're seeing the priorities follow for 2023 and beyond. It really is in the battle for talent. It is in enterprise change. It is in how we develop leaders. And you could say that, well, this is all soft HR kinds of stuff, but no, it's not. It's right in the front line and in the crosshairs of what CEOs are saying is on their mind of what is getting in the way of them being able to be successful if they don't do this well. 100%. Yeah, the soft skills are now stepping up to really being an important piece of where business is going to go and how it's going to go to in the future because, you know, technical skills are important, but with all this change, soft skills make a bigger impact on how you conditionally change and adapt to this new world. And talent has to think about that and CHROs need to think about that. So I totally see that. And it's a great point. Thank you for sharing that, Suri. Sure. Uh, So we've talked about how the future holds and all of that, but I wanted to always leave my listeners and our listeners with one piece of advice that they should take. We talked about the trends and how they should partner with the CHRO, but if they wanted to take an action item from today's call, what is a great way for them to do that? Should they download your report? Should they set up a meeting with the CHRO and discuss these? You know, something that they can take from this call and really put to action is what we want to provide them. Well, I think all of the above. I'll follow up with a website where it's open source to anyone. You've got access to all of our work. And there's some really cool work on the website, actually, authored by a number of world-class CHROs. If I were to say one thing, if you were working with a business leader and let's say a CEO or board, whatever you know role you play, if you have not stepped back to look at what's changed, let's say over the pandemic, last couple of years, and if you just take talent as a first priority, if you don't have a talent plan, not just for today, but it's really looking at the future. If you look at where you need to build it, where you need to buy it, and perhaps where you need to rent it or borrow it. If you just looked at the three Bs, which is a simple you know, acronym to use, have you actually sat with your business leaders as an HR leader and gone through a conversation around how is the business changing? And as a result, what capabilities do we need to build that might be unique or different? And let's go ahead and put a plan in place, but also what are we doing to get leaders prepared? How are they dealing with the change? And how do we need to change how we develop our leaders to get them prepared? And if it's just the talent space, I mean, that's a huge space. And it's on the minds of your CEOs on a very strategic level. (laughs) Every board that you're hearing, they're all concerned about the war for talent. They're concerned also about layoffs. So let's take the other side. You know, I live in California and every day there's 
been announcements around the tech industry laying people off, you have kind of different messages going on where you've got a war for talent, then you've got surplus of talent. Who's right here? Right. You know, so there's got to be some right sizing, if you will. But if you have not created a plan and you're just doing business as usual around the way things used to be, that's your first signal. And it's time to sit down and go, whoa, okay, what's happening over the next five years in our industry and in our company? And how do we need to facilitate change? And as such, what skill sets need to change? What needs to change with our leaders? And are we doing the right things that allow us to move in that direction? Because we could be doing a lot of activity, but if they're not in that direction, which is perhaps different than where you were 12 months ago, then you have to ask yourself, is that really relevant? And is it adding the value to the business that we really desire to see? Yeah, looking at a talent plan and building that is critical, knowing that everybody has that's their top asset. And I would also say from a personal level, I had the experience with a parent passing away over the last couple of years, and it was time. But she said to me before she passed, please do everything from the lens of joy. So I just say to people, if HR is your passion, whatever your passion is, own it, cultivate it, love it, do everything from that standpoint. Because when you're coming from a place of passion and joy, your effort is just so genuine, but it has so much more impact. So everything that I do is absolutely through the lens of joy. And it just brings me great pleasure and passion to do the things that I do. It also meant that I had to make some choices to give up some things that, you know, I enjoy doing, but did they really excite me? And I would say, if you're not aligned with that passion in where you see yourself, then be bold and brave to take that decision to find out what you really love to do on this earth, but go towards it because there's no reason not to. Thank you so much for joining us today for the podcast and for providing some great insight to our listeners. I'm pretty sure they're going to learn a whole lot after listening to this session. And it's always been a pleasure having you. So thank you so much for the time, Suri. Oh, always a pleasure, Andy. You're a great professional. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today on the Strategic HR Show, the podcast series from FutureSolve, where we talk to senior business and HR leaders to share their advice on how to make better people decisions in the workplace and get the best out of their people. For show notes and free bonus resources, simply visit www.futuresolve.com forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like, and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to make better people decisions in their business. And remember, if you'd like some help solving your HR challenges, get in touch with us at FutureSolve. Whether it's developing your leaders and teams, hiring better people, creating a high-performance culture, or something else, we'll help you boost the performance of your people and your business. Thanks, and see you soon.